Hello and welcome to the Retro Game Time Machine Podcast. This week, time travelers, we are having a chat about Parasite Eve for the Sony PlayStation, and we're going back to the year 1998. At the time of recording, it is March the 11th, 2021. I am Mash the Newton, and joining me through a series of tubes is Andy the Android. Hello. How you doing? How are those tubes treating you? Oh, you know, cozy and warm as always. I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be happy in here when uh, the uh, summer weather kicks in. So, oh yeah, that's right. Your uh, your AC setup isn't. Wait, no, you got you got AC last year. Yeah, yeah, I you totally do. I'm prepared. It'll be totally fine. It's just yeah, you'll the, be good. Uh, you know, just during the summer months, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's cold right now. It was, it was, we, we, uh, it didn't, it didn't break 60 today. I know that that's very sad to anyone, you know, to hear that around the world, I know that that's not that bad, but that's cold for where I live. <laughs> 60 Fahrenheit, uh, for those who don't live in the United States, not Celsius. Yeah. Otherwise you'd be get Yeah. Otherwise you'd be thinking, um, how are you surviving at 60 Celsius? Cause actually I don't even think it ever gets that hot. Yeah. Um, if it does, wow. Maybe on Mars. Um, <laughs> maybe, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it does in Australia or something. Cause yeah. it gets real hot down there. That's true. Um, That's true. yeah, I didn't even ask you about the weather and here we are back with the weather. It's been a while. I know. I know. It's I just been raining here. It. Has it been raining where you are? It, it has. Yeah. We've got some little scattered showers here and there the past couple of days which is uh, nice and comfortable. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do appreciate sort of this cold, rainy weather. It makes me want to go and have a delicious warm meal. So uh, what I did uh, for dinner is I went out to one of my uh, locally owned restaurants and um, I got Caribbean food. Um, and I had this uh, delicious oxtail with fried plantains and rice. Sounds and good. Holy moly. And they, they serve this ginger beer there that is, I, I can, I can handle my ginger and my spice, but it's so spicy that you can't chug it. You're like, you have to sip it. <laughs> All right. So it's incredible. Um, uh, so anyway, if you, if you love ginger, my, my ginger folks out there, <laughs> uh, man, it, it was, it was, it's a really spicy, sweet, delicious ginger beer. So uh, what did you have for dinner? Uh, we just had some leftover homemade tacos. Um, okay. We had some last night, so nice and easy dinner for tonight. And then actually, um, we ended up watching a concert from Group Love, oh. a really cool band. Um, I think they were performing it live, but at least it was like a limited live stream. They're doing one every month. Uh, sorry, they're doing one a month um, for... Uh, well, one of the people in the band said until the end of time. So maybe we'll find out since we travel time. Yeah, we will find out. Um, um, yeah. So it was, I don't know. It was, it was a really good show. They actually played their whole new album, which was kind of a surprise. Didn't realize they were going to be doing that. And their new album is really good. Wow. Well, yeah, that's, I'll have to check that out. Um, cause I, I have liked some of their stuff, uh, in the past. So, yeah. And they even released an album, I think like somewhere around a year ago. So I think they just, uh, they used lockdown time to write yet another album and sounds good so far. Uh, you talking about tacos reminded me, um, do you know what a crunch wrap Supreme is? 
Heck yeah, I do. Okay. It's been a long time since I've had one though, since I haven't eaten a Taco Bell in quite some time, but I've eaten many a Crunchwrap Supreme in my day. Well, I'm going to try and make one this weekend. That's my mission. Nice. Um, I'm going to give that a shot. Uh, it doesn't seem too bad. So by the time that uh, you are listening to this, I have either succeeded or failed in making the Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> so, uh, and until you hear it in the next episode, it is Schrodinger's Crunchwrap <laughs> Supreme. Yeah. It is. Where Andy has both succeeded and failed. And died. <laughs> Wait, and died? I hope not. <laughs> I'm not ready to go yet. So many games to play. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit of a dark turn there. Yeah. Well, hey, you, you, Schrodinger's cat. It's all about yeah. being alive or dead. So it's, it's fair. Well, we got any we got any other banter we want to do before a quick announcement and then some news? I think I got it out of my system. All right. Um, well. Real quick announcement, um, as some folks might recall, last year I did a fundraiser for uh, Extra Life at a local children's hospital. Well, I'm doing something similar this year, um, but I'm not going through Extra Life. I'm actually, I set up a uh, fundraiser through Streamlabs Charity, and I reach out, or sorry, I reached out to this organization called Downtown Streets Team. Um, asking if they would sign themselves up and get themselves added so that I could do a fundraiser for them. Um, So I'm excited that's going to be going on. I don't have a specific date yet, but I do intend to do a series of different streaming events. And at least one of them I want to do like I did last year where I did a 12-hour event and opened it up so that anybody who... Uh, donated 50 or more dollars could pick what I played during a specific segment from a spreadsheet that I have of a bunch of different games that are available. Um, Like this year, I want to open it up even more uh, and I don't know, and, and see what, see what people want me to play. Um, But also just want to throw that out there in case uh, anyone listening would like to, get involved um, or to donate or even just to watch when that comes around. So check out our website when, um, or actually you can even check it out now. Um, There's already links to both my and Andy's Twitches or Twitch accounts, Twitches, our Twitches. (laughs) Um, But also there is a link on our website to the Downtown Streets team, Streamlabs charity uh, fundraising page that I have set up. So um, yeah, that's the thing that's there. I'm looking forward to doing a bunch of different events. Hopefully, um, I hope I'm not signing myself up for too much by a bunch that is subject. I mean, you know, that's subjective. <laughs> um, I guess we'll end up seeing how many a bunch is by the end of this year. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to it. Had a great time last time and was really, I was really, really impressed by uh, the generosity that I saw from Um, everyone who gave. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I definitely want to get on that list of uh, choosing what game to subject you to for a segment of time. Some some people, it was funny, some people picked games that they really like and they wanted to see me play. Some people picked games because they wanted to see me fail. (laughs) Um. Like when friend of the show, uh, dawdling idiot, 
picked <laughs> when Cuphead? he picked Cuphead for me. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, is it because you think Cuphead's cool? He's like, oh, it's because it's hard and I want to see you struggle. He's like, oh, <laughs> that's that's why you picked it. Okay. Well, good to know. Yeah, uh, I want to see you I cry. Defi- I definitely <laughs> did struggle, but man, I love that game. Yep. Um, so yeah. So keep that in mind too. If you would like to see me struggle in a game, you can pay a charity to watch me have a hard time. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I will gladly do that in the name of charity and get, get frustrated at a game. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure in a future show, you will totally like uh, let us know when the date is. So as it gets closer. 100%. So. Yeah. I, I actually, so I'd like to try to shoot for something in April. I know that we're almost to mid-March right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really need to get something on the books, but I'd like to, I think I think maybe towards the end of April or something is, is when I might make the next big one. I might, you know, I'm going to probably do a couple practice streaming events before then and maybe like you know just focus on a game um per stream but yeah i'd like to do a a big marathon one where people either or are nice to me or punish me by the the game choice (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i'll um i'll definitely have a date and links to stuff for how people uh can donate for how people can pick a game after they've donated. So anyway, should be some good times, good times ahead Uh, and all for a very good cause. Totally. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Cool. Well, Hey, do you want to take us into the news? Yeah. So uh, first thing we have on here um, and I I think this is part of last show we talked about, we would review the state of play uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the, one of the biggest and first news, uh, this happened back in February, I guess, was the uh, Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake is getting a huge PS5 update with new Yuffie episode. So um, I, I've lost my link here, but let me, let me pull it up. No problem. I mean, are there well, any other details? Yeah, so PS5 version is getting an update that adds faster load times, a performance mode that's targeting uh, 60 frames a second, and then also a graphics mode that's going to be focusing on uh, 4K visuals. Um, if you own this on PS4 and like paid money for it, you get the free upgrade to the PS5 version. Um, if you are like me and have claimed it via PS Plus, and I think we did announce this last time, um, but if you get it via PS Plus, well, then you just have the PS4 version and you don't have the fancy upgraded intergrade uh, PS5 version. Um, but yeah, there's going to be new things where uh, they're going to take in uh, take into consideration and support the DualShock 5's adaptive triggers. Um so yeah, they're they're adding some new stuff for the PS5 folks. Uh yeah, and also kind of diving into more of the state of play and stuff, you know, we didn't see a lot. We saw a little content updates. I, I actually just watched a little video on the um analyzing Crash Bandicoot. Um is it four? Is that the yeah, it's yeah, about Cra- time. 
Yeah, it's about time they on the on the PlayStation Five and some of the enhancements. Um, it's also come out on Switch, which is obviously not part of the state of play, but yeah, uh, but but uh, another way to play Crash. It totally is, and um, you know, it's it's. I was having this discussion with someone recently. They were uh, kind of saying that the Switch is outdated, and you know, it needs to be put out to pasture. And I, you know, at the I I don't think so, especially when they're still nope. managing to you know at least put Crash Four that targets a pretty stable thirty frames per second um, on the Switch. I think that's you know that's still very indicative of the longevity of this system. So. Yeah, um, for some for some reason, Nintendo never has to have a powerhouse system, and they still generally sell gangbusters. I know the Wii U didn't quite do that. Yeah, but everything else they they seem to do a really good job with, like almost never having the most powerful hardware. Yeah, exactly. And you know, during that sort of GameCube era, they kind of had they kind of had a powerful system. Oh, they did. But it didn't. Uh, it didn't sell the best either. So yeah. it's not their strength, I would say. Yeah. Um, but we also saw uh, all new uh, Returnal gameplay, which we were just talking about a little bit yeah. here. Which that looks uh, cool. Yeah, kind of looks like a control. It reminded me of Near a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. In the little bit of gameplay I saw, I was like, "Oh man, that looks like Control." And you were saying something about like Dark Souls, kind of. And I'm like, "That." It, it, I was like, "Yeah." It, it kind of seems like if Dark Souls and uh, Control had an even more sci-fi baby than than uh, than Control is sci-fi. Yep. Um, yeah. It looks it looks good. Like when I was looking at, it, I was like, "Is that like is this made by Remedy?" It looks like it looks it, like it has that same aesthetic as a Remedy yep. game. I see. Yeah, so that that'll be cool. Um, it looked like it was from House Marquee, which is a uh, yes, not remedy, <laughs> not remedy. Uh, um, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard of that studio. So maybe it was another studio that was renamed, or yeah, I, um, I haven't heard of them either. Um, I think that's. Is, was there anything that you wanted to cover in the state of play? Besides there, or besides what we talked about, there's Oddworld Soulstorm, which looks like a new um, sort of mainline Oddworld game. Sort of like if you liked the 2D uh, I, style Oddworld. I'm really games. not familiar with the Oddworld games. Yeah, like I am familiar by name, and that is it. Um, I feel like that's that's a gap in my gaming history, knowledge, and experience that I feel like I'm going to need to to cover one day. Yeah. I always wanted to play, uh, Abe's Odyssey on the Xbox. Like that was, and you, you, I own it on for like on my phone, but I always wanted to play the original, you know, on an Xbox. I I don't know why it was just during that era. Well, wasn't, wasn't like Munch's Odyssey. One of the, one of the release games on Xbox was, is that the one? Let's see. There was, um, Apes Odyssey and Munch's Odyssey. I, I might be confusing the two. Yeah, I I have no idea. Like, I just I have a picture of the box art in my head, and I think it's Munch's Odyssey from yeah, early you're, Xbox. You're right. It's Munch's Odyssey because Abe's Odyssey was on the PlayStation. So okay. Um, yeah, and that one was remade on the PS4. So that one's an easier one to realize or experience today. Yeah. 
but um yeah munch's odyssey was the was the one game that it just looks so strange and unique and i just wanted to play it so bad but i never owned an original xbox i i had a gamecube and then a ps2 um so that was just like the one game you know we i played halo at a friend's house but that was enough you know <laughs> like i didn't need yeah. my own xbox to play halo man you didn't need midtown madness 3 <laughs> i guess not <sighs> midtown madness 3 was great i lo- like that was that was one of the one of the first games i got with my xbox anyway but I was I was also late to the party on Xbox. I hear you. Which we, which we talked about in the Halo episode, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The other PS5 thing um, in here is so Sony will reportedly enable PS5 SSD expansion this summer. Um, so there is an M.2 storage slot in the in the PlayStation 5. That's what I understand fairly easily accessible but it doesn't do anything right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do really appreciate the fact that Sony is not using proprietary storage. It isn't as like, isn't as accessible as something like the, the storage expansion on the like series X from Microsoft, but that's proprietary and is going to cost more money, which it's funny because Sony generally does the proprietary thing with stuff like the like their PSP and the Vita. Yeah. That was incredibly irritating having proprietary storage. So that stuff was expensive for quite a while. Where I imagine it's going to be the same for the Xbox Series X, where Sony and the PS5 are going to benefit, or at least not not directly, but the consumer will benefit from the hopeful like drop in cost of M.2 storage over time. So I don't really expect the Xbox storage to get that much cheaper over time. Yeah. Like eventually um, I actually bought two solid state hard drives for my PS4 and my PS3. I put a 500 gig drive in my PS3 and a terabyte in my PS4 and it was very affordable to do so um, because I had done it years after owning even a PS4. So I like that Sony is doing this. Um, You know, (laughs) probably the worst proprietary drive was on the Xbox 360 on the launch one that like snapped on the top, but they were crazy expensive too. (laughs) Like they were like $120 or something. And it took them so long to actually do the software update where you could use an external hard drive via USB. Yeah. It took so long. It was definitely on the like last quarter of the console's Uh, life or something. uh, Yeah. I've got to say there are a lot of things that I know that I and we praise Microsoft for generally specifically game pass. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this type of stuff I'm like, man, like, I don't know, I guess, I guess not, not every company can be perfect all the time. There, there are things that I, that I don't like that Microsoft does that Sony does and Nintendo does. So whatever. To each their own. <laughs> yeah. But hey, that blade system that was on that early Xbox 360. Oh, yeah, I really I loved, loved that, that dashboard. Dang. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was really good. Oh <laughs> uh, I really do still love the 360. That was that was a good era. Anyway. <laughs> um Nintendo. 
they are still dead serious about removing those Mario 35th anniversary games. Um, so to be specific, it's the Super Mario 3D All-Stars um, that contains Super Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy. And what is particularly special about this collection is the fact that this is the first time post-GameCube that you've had another way to play Sunshine. So yeah, if you've never played Sunshine and you want to, and you don't want to buy a GameCube and the game, or you also don't want to emulate, if you want an officially sanctioned way to play this game on newer hardware, this is one of your only ways to do it. So I recommend if if this is concerning, <laughs> then buy a physical or digital copy before the 31st of March. I'm sure physical copies, though, of course, they'll still be available. Um you know, via eBay and other resources. But once they stop being sold on retail shelves, if that hasn't already happened, the value is going to go up like crazy. So buy it now. Buy the digital copy if you need. Because, um, yeah, that's going away. Same with uh, Super Mario 35 and uh, the production of the Game & Watch Super Mario Brothers handheld that both uh, that both of us on the show are... Uh, lucky enough to find without incredible difficulty. Yes, you're holding yours. Mine's like three feet too far from my hand right now. Yep. Um, so yeah, get that stuff before they're totally out of print, production, whatever. And then, you know, scalper's going to scalp. Uh, yeah, it, I, I think that's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, there, there's one thing that I'm kind of secretly happy about this and I, I, this is not the super Mario 64 remake that I want to play. I want to play super Mario 64, like to completion, but I just, this isn't good enough. I want widescreen support. Darn it. And the, the only way to do that is not through Nintendo's offerings. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I've, I've thought about it. And honestly, the, the black bars, the left and right of the screen don't bother me as much as they used to. Didn't, uh, didn't they have a source code leak? And I thought somebody created a fully standalone PC version of Super Mario 64 that, of course, Nintendo did a DMCA takedown. Yeah. But once something's on the internet... <laughs> <laughs> it never really dies. Yeah. So if I'm sure that if you're persistent enough, you'd be able to um find it, you know, life uh uh finds a way. Um <laughs> is that so, Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, very no, poor Jeff Goldblum impersonation. Oh, it's, good. it's good. I like that. Um so yeah. So, uh, you know, and even though I'm saying all this stuff, like, buy it now, like I just was saying a moment ago, life uh, emulation uh, piracy uh, <laughs> finds a way. Um, so, yeah. But if you want a legit copy, do it now. It appears here Ratchet & Clank is now free on PS4 and PS5. What? I don't, yes. What? I so, just... Hold on a second. I want to make sure. I think this is going for the entire month. So, um, um, of course, this is the one that I bought. 
<laughs> I know, right? Well, for everyone who didn't, um, this is available. You can claim it for free during the month of March or month of March. Wow. Month of March. Month of March. How now, brown cow? <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's part of the uh what is it? Play Sony Interactive Entertainment Play at Home Initiative. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they started this last year in the beginning of COVID-19 and they gave out, you know, Uncharted Nathan Drake collection and Journey. Um and now this game. And I, I started playing this game. And uh, it, it personally didn't grab me. I wanted to play more of it, though. I did play through the original Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. So I, I think that this game, um, maybe that's why I found it kind of boring in a way to me, because I've maybe seen some of a lot of this content before. And it's not, not when it was on PS2. Like I definitely, within probably the last six or seven years, I played through it. So. Okay. Um, I, I have also played a little bit of this game, um, right around the time that it came out. I did not play it to completion, but uh I think it was, I think it's, it was one of those, like I experienced quite a bit. Sometimes I'll jump into a game and I'm not feeling it right then, but then it's something I come back to later and it's like the perfect thing for that time. Mm -hmm. I just haven't found the perfect time yet to play this game. Um, but I really like, I know that I'm going to, cause what I did play, it's it's really pretty. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Um, overall, I think it controlled really well, and yep. it was it was actually really fun to play. Um, but yeah, I definitely this this would have been a prime example of this game looks like it's made for little kids, and I don't play games for little kids, which is why I would not have played it during the PlayStation Two era. Yeah, and you definitely don't take my word for it. I don't mean to knock the game. It's okay. I'm plenty of people love this game, and it's a great game to play. So you know, it's definitely worth a shot. So don't take my word for it. Um, well, hey, you already you already played it, so you have a reason to not want to play it again. I guess I definitely <laughs> saw the beginning. The game starts a little differently, but um, but a lot of the content did feel like oddly familiar. <laughs> it it felt like a movie. Yeah. Like it really felt like, wait, and didn't they release a Ratchet and Clank movie? Yep. They did. Yep. I think right around the same time. Yeah. And I think that the story has some sort of continuity. I don't remember which came first or which came after, but um, yeah, maybe if I watch the movie, then I'll want to play the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I'll have to check out the movie. Um, oh, which actually that reminds me, I watched a movie that I think I'll talk about in what we the what we've been playing later on um i'm just gonna add that quick note for myself yeah and i'll kick off the next story here um so epic games uh bought the fall guys developer um which uh is called tonic games group and um oh wait i'm sorry yeah they bought the tonic games group which included the studio media tonic which uh developed fall guys ultimate knockout um i haven't picked this one up in a little while it's you know and i'm pretty sure it's still installed (laughs) yeah it's it's been a while since i've played it as well 
Um, I have not played it since their season three has started. Um, I did play a decent amount of season two and I liked some of the stuff that they added to it. Um, and yeah, so plans, there's still plans to bring it to the switch and the Xbox and all that fun stuff. I don't know how I feel about this also being bought by Epic. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I I hope that it means that, you know, maybe it'll, it's, I'm okay with it. As long as it means that these kind of games, you know, continue to exist and, um, there's more content for people to enjoy and the studio doesn't just get shuttered. (laughs) So that's, you know, as long as it means more content for us. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, and actually, you know what? One thing that I have to say that is, that I think is positive about Epic buying them is Epic has a great track record of making things or continuing to support uh, crossplay. Yeah. So this would actually, like, I think this would be great um, if they open up crossplay to all of the platforms. That way I wouldn't need to own it on and on any other platform and I can just own it on PC. Yeah, this would, this would be a good switch game. I have to say, I know. <laughs> so that might, that might be the only place uh, that if I, if I get back into this, that that would be the place that I would potentially double dip. Yeah. Unless, unless they make it free to play like they did with rocket league, which yep. I could see them doing. And then, you know, have paid like paid loot boxes to get some of the, you know, different little items. Yeah. There've been some really cool things that have come up in fall guys that like, I'm just not good enough to, to actually win and unlock and get these really cool looking skins. Um, But that being said, it's like, I don't know if I would want to have an option to pay for them. Cause then I would probably be like, I'm not paying for this crap. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. I know. I, I, um, when I played, I had fun at first because I was getting to the next couple of rounds, but then I started to, for some reason, things started going the other way for me. It started, I yeah. did sort every run. I got worse and worse and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like I was, it's been not supposed to go this direction. I was supposed to get better, but um, you might have to take this next story because I don't know if I can say it with a straight face. Oh, what do we got? Let's see. Um, ah, yes. Sony's latest patent application, a banana PlayStation controller. For the PlayStation banana console. Wait, what? No, I just made that okay. up. <laughs> but and I love I love the subheading that's no, it's not the six axis boomerang either. That's the first thing I um, thought of. I was like, oh, the boomerang's yeah. coming out. Nope, finally. It's, not, it's not the boomerang. It's <laughs> apparently literally a banana. Um I mean, I'm pretty sure this is gonna be a thing that never sees the light of day, but you know, patents. People make patents and submit them all the time, even if they never see the light of day. Um, This did, though, make me think of uh, the Makey Makey. Because I've seen somebody use a Makey Makey and literally turn a banana into a controller button. Oh, okay. Are you familiar with that? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man, I got so I got this. I got this as a gift um, from a friend and old co and an old coworker of mine um, a number of years ago, and it's something that like basically it's like a circuit board of, with the layout of a controller, and then you take the little alligator clips and you clip it to the different pieces of the like the PCB, and then clip the alligator clips onto different objects that can be somewhat conductive so that when you touch them, it actually registers as whatever button press you've assigned it to. Okay. So I've seen videos of people just like using a bunch of bananas. And it's funny, literally a bunch of bananas (laughs) um, has like all the buttons of a controller and like playing super Mario brothers with bananas I'm I'm looking at the screenshot right now of all the bananas lined oh, up the next makey, to each other. The makey makey. Yeah, with the makey makey. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So maybe this is just Sony's version of uh, makey makey. Maybe they're getting into STEM. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, I see someone else is using some gummy bears. This is yeah. this is crazy. Okay. Yeah, you can do all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, yeah. Bananas. They can be controllers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, suddenly I'm having all these visions of making controllers that I can use my feet and my face and like all kinds of yeah. different things to like. Anyway, it's just man, crazy. Um, yeah, fun stuff. Uh, let's see. Next thing here, uh, AMD's got a uh, new graphics card, the RX 6700 XT graphics card coming in March. Now, but I, wait, we're already in March. Yeah, isn't that interesting? <laughs> um, so AMD's got a lot of a lot of stuff on their hands right now because not only are we dealing with a silicon shortage, but these are the uh, sole supplier of both the um, PS5 and Xbox Series X's uh, processors as well. So I'm just surprised they're still releasing products, you know? Oh, they're having a pretty good year then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they're they're killing it. But um, also, they could be probably making a lot more because there's a lot of demand for consoles that aren't being sold. Yeah. So... um, yeah. So, okay. I have no idea what the numbers mean when it comes to AMD stuff, um, but it sounds like this is a high-end card. Um, it looks like it's competing with the 3070 and 3060 Ti. Okay. And it's so, optimized for 1440p as opposed to 4K. Interesting. Um I mean, I've wanted to dip into AMD's sort of, you know, um, ecosystem just because their processors, um, there is actually, a, you know, they work markedly better together, like their processors and yeah. their GPUs. But, um, and then you have, you know, Vulkan APIs, which further, you know, milk out performance. Um, and I like that idea. Uh, but they don't have DLSS. They don't. They, I know. Uh, Nvidia's just got some cool technology, and like I, RTX. Yep, RTX. Exactly. So, um, oh, wait a th- second. But then, but hold on. But wait, what am I talking about? What I was, what I was putting in my head when I was thinking RTX was um, 
the it's the same effect that the next gen consoles have ray tracing ray tracing thank you so never mind so at least what i was equating in my head as ray tracing that's wrong because they do support ray tracing because all like the the ps5 and the xbox excuse me xbox series consoles do ray tracing as well so really the biggest thing that I can think of that's missing is DLSS. Yeah. So that's a, that's another thing. So I'm still kind of, I'm just like scared to leave uh, NVIDIA's Island, but dude, I used to, I, I used to only for a while get uh, AMD GPUs, but actually. Was that back when they were ATI? It was back when they were ATI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, never mind. I never bought an AMD GPU. I, I've only bought ATI GPUs. Yeah, I just, you know, I like the idea of, you know, just having a, a more punch when it comes to price to performance. But yeah, but we'll see. Um, you know, I don't, with all these silicon shortages, I'm not rebuilding any PCs anytime soon. Yeah. Um, maybe in a, a year or two. <laughs> So, um, or whenever my PC decides it doesn't want to work anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, uh, I still like, I think this is great that this is coming out because competition is awesome. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. In this article, it says stuff about how AMD has yet to reveal its open alternative to NVIDIA's deep learning super sampling technology, DLSS. Um, yeah, seriously, once they get, once they get something there, then I think there's like, there's nothing, nothing left to stop them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a more open standard, um, would be cool too. So even if it's not as quality, maybe if it works on more games, I think that would be a great trade-off. So, yeah. Yup. Sounds good to me. Let's see. What do we got next? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I was really excited when I saw this. So Doom 3, yes, that Doom 3 from a long time ago, it's coming to VR. But they, uh, they, they forgot some letters in that title. Um, normally, the, the, actually, the, the yeah. PS in front of that VR, yeah. it's PSVR. It's coming to PSVR. Um, so I'm kind of bummed. Because I don't have PSVR, I just have, I just have crappy old VR on my gaming PC. Um, but no, it's not crappy. Anyway, um, yeah. So, so if anyone has PSVR for the PS4 or PS5, um, have a great time. Let me know how it is. Um, I have though seen when I was looking for this because it was like surely they can't just be putting this on PSVR only. Um, no, in fact, it is just PSVR. But I have seen that people have modded Doom Three in VR, um, so there are ways to do it uh, for PC. But I don't know, modded version or actually worked on for the hardware usually worked on for the hardware is going to be a little bit better as yeah. opposed to to a mod but who knows maybe maybe we will end up seeing a release of this game for pc vr and maybe this will just be a timed exclusive uh, have you played doom 3 
before? Oh yeah, dude. I, oh, okay. I, that was, that was one of the games that I played and uh, completed as I was waiting for Half-Life 2 to come out. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've never played it, but they do have a, uh, a version on the NVIDIA shield also. Oh so. yeah. Actually I was going to say, Oh, you should play it. I really don't. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I still have a glowing recommendation of it or not. Uh, or if it's just nostalgia for me, I kind of um, told myself I need to I play it, it with, with the flashlight mod or just so that, I mean, I think they actually patched into the games where you can use the gun and the flashlight at the same time, but I know that that was a criticism oh, come of the on. game. It's all right. <laughs> so it's not that bad, but yeah, I do remember people complaining about that. That's funny. I haven't thought about that in a long time. I'm really excited about this next story, unless you've got anything else on Zoom. No, please. So the new Nintendo Switch model planned uh, with bigger OLED screen and 4K output. So th- this they're kind of listening uh, to what we said, or what maybe what I might have said it might be my prediction. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about uh, I want a bigger screen and I want it to be a 4K friendly, even if the games don't actually run at 4K, if just like the interface and sort no, of... No, but... Because they use NVIDIA hardware, the Tegra, maybe it'll use DLSS and upscale to 4K. I will I will flip. If that's <laughs> if that's a real thing, I would I mean that would be incredibly intelligent and probably incredibly ambitious, but man, that would be cool. <laughs> that would. That would be that'd be really great. I'd I'd love to play, you know, Nintendo games at 4K and then maybe Maybe even Super Mario 64 would look great <laughs> on the TV, <laughs> uh, you know, since it is 720p. So it makes me sad. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of the bigger OLED screen. So what I've seen some mock-ups that people are envisioning, and I like the idea like of it no there. Bezel. Yeah, it's the same size switch, but mm-hmm. the screen is just made a little bigger, which is exactly what I would want. Just yeah. A smaller yeah, bezel. You wouldn't want to have to get new Joy-Con and new dock and all this other crap. Yeah. Or I thought about it. What if the screen was like bigger than the Joy-Con, but the Joy-Con still fit on there? You know, like it just wasn't a flush product. You know, I'd be okay yeah. with that too. That's fine. <laughs> I feel like the Joy-Cons would then need to be bigger. If you're making the base of the Switch bigger, I feel like you'd need bigger Joy-Cons. Yeah. So we'll see. And I, I'm I'm eager to see if. You know, there's probably going to be a new dark, uh, excuse me, a new dock if it's, uh, you know, doing 4K output, I would assume. Because um, just a 4K output. So it's not like the screen is 4K, I don't think, you know. Yeah. I, I so. still think it, it would likely, oh, yeah. So seven inch, 720p resolution OLED panels. And I think the switch is a six and a half inch screen. And it's so I think part of where this came from, because I saw this Bloomberg article also, I think the reason that they're speculating this hard is because like they found out via Samsung is going to be mass producing these seven inch 720p OLED screens for Nintendo. Oh, Um, okay. So like, oh, okay. So Nintendo's serious about this. Like they're yeah. they're partnering with Samsung on the displays. Yeah, I mean that'd be that'd be really cool. I mean, 
I I will do everything in my power to get that day one. <laughs> so, cause that's everything that I would want out of the switch. So yeah, it'd be cool. Be nice to get a little, get a little hardware update. Cause I'm, I don't know. I know it's been, Oh, it's been almost exactly four years since yep. the release of the switch. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's it's time for their uh, you know one X PS4 Pro equivalent update. Um, it's their new new Nintendo Switch. Yeah, <laughs> like the and new Nintendo 3DS. Th- this this is the other thing is that um, so two things on, on that kind of excite me about this is that. So they're keeping the 720p resolution for handheld. So that doesn't break any compatibility with a Switch Lite because yeah. the screen's consistent, right? Um, the resolution, but the 4K output. Now, uh, 720p, I think it scales eight times to 4K. If if I if if I'm recalling that right, because 1080p is four times, and then eight times is 720p. So if they can do some sort of upscaling or something like that, it's, it's kind of like a perfect conversion. So yeah, uh, that's, that's all I have to say. So that's, I just kind of realized that right now. So I think this is, this holds water. I think this is going to happen. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I hope it, uh, hope it's really a thing for the end of the year. Yeah. Now I know you're excited about this next story. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are getting a new retro beat 'em up. So there is a uh, there's a new Ninja Turtles game called Shredder's Revenge. Uh, there's a great video trailer for it. Um, the video trailer primarily just shows a lot of the animation, like animation, like cartoon animation. Uh-huh. But then um, towards the end of the trailer, it shows the pretty much like SNES era 16-bit looking pixel graphics. Now, that's not to say that the character models look the same as turtle like as turtles in time because they do definitely look a little bit different, but the whole aesthetic overall is very reminiscent of like the Ninja Turtles arcade game and Turtles in Time. Um, I am super stoked about this and not not just stoked or not just stoked that it exists or will be existing, but the fact that it's being worked on by .mu. So these like these folks did Streets of Rage Four. Streets of Rage Four was good. <laughs> oh, okay. Also, I think there are people on the team that worked on Scott Pilgrim. Okay. So there's there's a good pedigree of beat em up developers that are working on this game. That is what's most exciting to me because the turtles in time reshelled Xbox live release where they did the HD remake of turtles in time. Really disappointing. Oh, really, really disappointing. Um, a few years ago. Well, I say a few years ago, it's probably been like almost 10 years that it came out. Um, Wow, that's depressing. Anyway, um, so yeah, this looks great um, from what I've seen so far. So if if you like beat-em-ups, oh yeah, oh, and here's some screenshots down at the bottom. Yep. Um, I didn't scroll far enough. Yeah, this this looks so much fun. And it looks like, you know, I kind of the problem that 
um, sort of we had with uh, Turtles in Time when we played it on the for uh, the Turtles in Time episode is that it wasn't really it definitely especially the arcade version was sort of a quarter stealer like it, you oh, yeah. died often um, so this definitely is not an arcade game as it appears. So, you know, we're, I think it's going to be rebalanced um, in a way that's going to make it more fun and accessible. It, it does appear that we, at least from these screenshots that there are lives, but I assume it's going to be a little more fair. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, and they, they haven't announced all of the platforms that it's going to be on. The only one that I know for sure it's going to be on is PC. Oh, um, they hopefully will also be releasing this, um, you know, on the Switch, the Xbox consoles, the PlayStation consoles, everywhere that you would want it. But what I'm really, really hoping for is a cool physical release. Yeah. Um, I really, I really want, I really wanted to get the same treatment that. Um, Streets of Rage 4 or Scott Pilgrim have gotten from uh, limited run games. So that's that's what I'm crossing my fingers for, is yep. that that's what we're going to get for a physical release. Better uh, maybe write them some emails. Yeah, well, so, um, oh yeah, and so my, my partner is home now. She's been home for a um, week and a half, almost two weeks now, which is great. Um, I showed her the trailer for this and she was like, okay, don't buy this. I was okay. like, okay. She's like, just so you know, I'm going to get this for you. And I was like, okay. But also if I, if I see it somewhere, I'm going to send you links then. She's like, yeah. fine. It's like, so I was like, cause I'm going to watch this game like a hawk. So whenever this is up and ready, you will get a link with no context from me. <laughs> <laughs> so buy it, buy it, buy it before it's gone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm stoked. I, I can't wait to play this. Um, I really, really hope <laughs> it's as fun as it looks. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope so too. It, next story we got here is a, uh, Build-A-Bear is releasing an Animal Crossing line, which this is, I'm realizing this is the first time I've heard of Build-A-Bear in quite a while. Yeah. Wondering if Build-A-Bear still exists in 2021. I mean, clearly they're doing something, but did they switch to an online sort of model? I don't know, but I thought this was really cool because I've still been playing some more Animal Crossing because the Mario update and I don't know if I will take advantage of this. I probably won't unless I explicitly were to see advertised Eugene. If Eugene from Animal Crossing is just like, if I go to their website and he's there, I might, I might, money might disappear from my account and Eugene might show up at my house. Uh, you know, and however many days it takes Build-A-Bear to ship. So I don't know if it's going to be you customize all of it or if it's going to be pre-done villagers, which I would assume that it's going to be pre-done villagers. Um, God damn it. They have Pokemon. Build-A-Bear has Pokemon. (laughs) 
I'm so sorry. I brought this into your life. Oh my God. And they're, they have little clothes for them. And <laughs> oh my God, little Pokemon themed clothes. Oh God. This, this is too much. I can't. <laughs> so anyway, quick, let's divert and talk about something else. <laughs> Evie's wearing PJs. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay well that's that's we can talk about something else but um that's pretty cool I, I okay, that's a really great idea i think that fits with um you know sort of build a bear's vision oh, it's gonna be so adorable it does look like they just have like an online model where you can customize things which i think is a great way to transition that business so yeah uh since you can't go to the mall and build your own yeah, not not a good time for that right now. Uh, not yet. But you know what it is a good time for, and that is video games. And it's always a good time for video games. Yes. And uh, how about free video games as part of Game Pass subscription? Free with an asterisk. Yes. At the end of the word free. <laughs> So uh, Xbox uh, boss says Microsoft's Bethesda deal was all about exclusive games for Game Pass. So that means, um, so there's an update to the story. We've got games up on Game Pass or at least coming in the near future. Tomorrow, um, I believe. Tomorrow, I had the article. Okay, here, 20 uh, games we're looking at. Dishonored, Dishonored 2, uh, Doom, all the way through... Doom yeah, it's 3. Doom, Doom 2, Doom 3, Doom 64, and Doom Eternal. Which which they're skipping Doom 2016, I think. Yeah, I think Doom Eternal was on game, but anyway. Yeah, it was already there. Okay. Um, but I think the thing that's that's interesting is practically all of these. Now, before it was like, oh, this is just on console or this is just on PC Game Pass. All of these are console and PC and almost all of them stream to Android as well. I see. The ones that don't also stream to Android are The Elder Scrolls Online, Morrowind, and Oblivion. And when you say stream to Android, you mean cloud. and Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the, the xCloud stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm watching a uh, a streamer right now, uh, Punish Venom Mom, uh, who uh, plays is playing Fallout. Oh yes, yeah. right now yeah, I saw her playing that. Yeah, and it man, it does look like fun. It, it really it is cool. Yeah, and the the reason I want to play it, and particularly on Xbox, um, because it is on uh, console as part of this release, it is not on PC, um, is that Fallout New Vegas, I think, is difficult to get running on PC. So, oh, it is uh, nowadays? I, I, I assumed it's in the same camp as Fallout 3, I believe. It's just there there are mods involved to get it running <laughs> because it doesn't run out of the box anymore. Gotcha. Um, so... Uh, playing it on console seems, sounds very plug and play and user friendly. So um, I'd love to check that out. That sounds cool. Um, I do. It reminds me, I still need to play through some Fallout 4, but New Vegas really just looks like fun. It looks like Fallout at its best, really. Yeah. It, it reminds me that I need to go back. Like I, I've never, I've never completed New Vegas. Uh, um, I, I think at this point it would make sense for me to, 
start start fresh whenever I play it again because it's been so long. Right. But totally. I did I did play a good amount. Um, I think I was playing it. I think I started playing it on. Which one was it? It was either console or PC that I started on. And then I was able to like extract and then either, so I either extracted my save from console and brought it to PC to play, or I somehow injected it into my 360 version and played there. I don't recall. It's probably makes the most sense if I went from console to PC. Uh, Yeah, I would imagine so, but that does sound interesting. Um, yeah, like whatever way I did it, I did it because of hardware troubles with either my PC or my Xbox 360 at the time. Mm. Don't remember anyway. Um, but yeah, lots of Bethesda games that have just made their way onto Game Pass uh, tomorrow. Elder Scrolls, there. yeah, get playing. Um, Morrowind, Oblivion, uh. Prey is also on there. It's a it's a newer one. Yeah. Um, uh, Rage Two, which is cool because I wanted to ch- test that out, and then um, also the newer Wolfenstein games. So I mean, for those of you who didn't know, I probably skipped a couple in there, but um, but yeah, there's lots of good stuff. Oh, and Fallout seventy six. That one, I, I want to try that one. Yeah, I just want to. That's been on Game Pass for a while. Oh, okay. Um, well, but hey, whenever, if ever you want to try it out, I'm down. Yeah, like, just to, I, I've played it before, um, not a ton, but I have played some. I just want to experience it. You know, it, maybe I won't stay, but I want to experience it. So yeah, no, it was the same for me. It's like I, I got to see what this game is about. Like a yeah. lot of people say, it's a garbage fire, but I need to witness the garbage fire firsthand. Yeah. Maybe less of a garbage fire. No, it, it probably is less now. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we got for the news. Got anything else? No. I think it's uh I think the time machine is calling. All right. It is time to travel time then. Um great. So I guess as a reminder to everybody, we're gonna be talking about the game Parasite Eve for the Sony PlayStation. It was released September the 9th. 1998 so that is where we're going to be traveling to so are you ready let's do it let's get in that time machine and we have arrived like i mentioned before it is september 9th 1998 and wait i know this song this song wow this this is part of the Armageddon soundtrack. The number one song playing today is I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. I was just listening to that song a little bit ago, actually. Great song, kind of, maybe. Anyway, uh, also earlier this month in September of 1998, uh, on the first, actually, David Bowie, he launched BowieNet, a visual interactive community for all fans of David Bowie. Uh, also, a few days from now, we, w- we would have MTV debut Total Request Live, or as it's better known as, TRL. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yes. TRL, man. I-, I know that I was watching MTV that day. Oh, yeah. Um, so also, September the 18th, so a little bit, of, you know, nine days from now, uh, the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, or ICANN, was formed. 
Uh, also this month, Pokemania hit the United States with the release of Pokemon for the Game Boy, and also the first TV show for the Pokemon series aired in the United States on September 8th. So yesterday, we got a taste of Pokemon uh, before we're able to actually go and play the game, which, hey, we've already been in this month before because we talked about Pokemon, I think, nine episodes ago. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So... Yeah, so let's see. Also, here in our time, September of 98, uh, the very first episode of Will and Grace was set to air on the 21st of this month. And the Hughleys, uh, or Hughleys, wait, is it Hughley or Hughley? Hughley. I think it's it Daryl Hughley. Anyway, uh, aired on Fox the very next day. Also, getting to the musical segment of what the heck is happening this time. Queens of the Stone Age, their self-titled album released this month, along with Mechanical Animals from Marilyn Manson, The Love Moment from A Tribe Called Quest, Celebrity Skin from Hole, Dizzy Up the Girl from the Goo Goo Dolls, Psycho Circus from Kiss, and Whitey Ford Sings the Blues from Everlast. I... I, I got Whitey Ford Sings the Blues, I think, right after it came out. I don't think I liked that album that much, but there was that one song I really liked. Uh, also, Spire of the Dragon shares the same release date as Parasite Eve. And NFL Blitz, Suikoden, and Body Harvest also came out this month in September of 1998. So, Parasite Eve. Um, Going to be talking about some of the history of Parasite Eve here. So... The video game Parasite Eve is based on the acclaimed Japanese novel Parasite Eve, (laughs) released in 1995. Plot-wise, the video game serves as a sequel to the book, referencing various events therein while also stating that Mariko Anzai, the girl whom Eve had chosen to become her host in the novel, is Aya's biological mother. The game was produced by Hironobu Sakaguchi and directed by Takashi Tokita of Square. During the development of the game, Square decided to use New York City as a setting after it had been previously considered for use in Final Fantasy VII. Ooh, fun fact. Um, Parasite Eve was Square's first game to be rated mature by the ESRB. In contrast to previous Square titles, the development team for Parasite Eve considered both uh, sorry, consisted of both Japanese and American staff members with, with a large part of the production taking place in the United States. Different concepts from the game's opening were considered, including different designs for Aya and, uh, and Melissa transforming into Eve on stage during the opera. Uh, book author Hiraki Sena did not know the title's plot uh, until it was completed, since the game was a collaboration between Square and his publisher. Ayabrea was uh, was created by Hironobu Sakaguchi and designed by Tetsuya Nomura. Aya was originally designed or was really being designed by someone else, but the original sketches did not satisfy Sakaguchi, who had wanted a long-haired character like Aerith Gainsborough, a central character from Final Fantasy VII. At the time, he was creating another unspecified character for a different project, who sported short hair. He got confused while design like while uh, bleh, sorry he got confused while designing them and accidentally combined the two designs, creating 
the then-current Aya. The original concept for her was to have, uh, sorry, the original concept was for her was to have her as strong, sexy, and bewitching. A video demo of Parasite Eve was displayed at the September 1997 Tokyo Game Show, consisting entirely of full motion video with no gameplay footage. Um, Parasite Eve, as, as far as its reception, uh, received generally favorable reviews, according to the review uh, aggregator Metacritic. IGN praised the game for its beautiful graphics and cinematic sequences, as well as its mature tone, but noted, along with other reviewers, the game's linear plot structure. Um, Game Informer cited the game's exquisite backdrops, but bemoaned its long load times each time a player enters a new environment or engage an enemy. Uh, GameSpot said that the game had a cinematic look and had an astounding level of real life, uh, excuse me, astounding level of detail for real life locations in New York City. The lack of any voice acting or singing, (laughs) however, hindered dramatic scenes such as the opera and subsequent mass uh, combustion of the entire audience from the game start. Yeah, it it really isn't singing that's happening in the game. No, I I noticed that again when I was watching the ending and it's like, oh, those are music notes like that are sound like they're being played on a keyboard instead of somebody singing. Yeah, exactly. So I guess pretty convincing in that way. But um, anyway, the singing was kind of annoying. I was like, this isn't <laughs> this isn't singing. Come on. Uh, the game was sometimes compared uh, to the Resident Evil series. I could see that through GamePro said that uh, Parasite Eve had deeper gameplay with multiple weapon upgrades and hidden areas to discover. Reviewers also cited that the game broke many RPG conventions. Uh, it's suffered from having very little replay value and being a relatively short game. Uh, the combat uh, was compared unfavorably to Final Fantasy VII by Game Revolution, which uh, featured a dynamic camera instead of a fixed one. Uh, the novel's original author, Hideaki Sena, approved of the game, stating that he was actually impressed how well the game makers translated into the novel. They must have been fans, the developers, maybe. Um, in 2000, the game was ranked uh, number 16 by the uh, readers of Famitsu Magazine. I don't know why I read, read it like that. Famitsu Magazine, I've, I've heard of that. And uh, it's top 100 PlayStation games of all time. In 2010, Games Radar chose it as the as one of the top seven 90s games that need HD remix. I know you're... Heck yeah. The call on your number there. Um, in February 2011, Parasite Eve was announced to arrive in North America's North American PlayStation Network. Uh, it was released on March 15th, 2011. All right. So for the overview, uh, Parasite Eve is an action role-playing video game with survival horror elements. Uh, movement in the world map, which is a map of Manhattan, is limited to specific destinations. Upon the player walking over a hotspot, there's a chance of a random encounter. Enemies materialize and attack players on the same screen that they move Aya around on, with no battle mode or screen uh, being used. In battle, the game uses a pausable real-time combat system with an active time bar, or ATB, that sets up the time that the player must... uh, Sorry, that sets the time that the player must wait 
wait, that must be waited till the player can take their next action. I feel like that was a weird way of saying that. Um, While waiting for her turn, the player character, Aya, can be moved around to dodge enemy attacks. Upon each turn, the player may choose between attacking uh, with their equipped weapon by pressing the attack button, using PE, Parasite Energy, for defense, assistance, or attack, uh, using items, changing a weapon or armor, or escaping the battle. Did I not realize you could escape battle? Apparently I did not realize you could escape I did not battle. realize this either. I was, I was cool. going to be on my wish list. <laughs> Great. Then I'm not alone in realizing that that could happen. Um, or in not realizing that could happen. Let's see. If the player chooses to attack, the battle briefly pauses and the dome sphere symbolizing the range of the weapon appears, allowing the player to target an enemy within range. Parasite energy uh, recharges during the battle, but the more players use it, the slower it refills. And the audience disagrees. Um, (laughs) When not in battle, the player has the option of altering the weapon and armor attributes uh, and effects with tools and super tools, which are limited in number. The player selects the tune-up option choosing the weapon that will be altered and choosing the weapon from which the attributes uh, or effect will be taken. Weapons have many different properties, including special effects like acid, which causes enemies to continuously take damage. One of the principal RPG elements of the game is that experience-based levels are present. Each time the player's level increases, his or her attributes go up and BP, bonus points, are given. These points can be distributed to the ATB, item capacity, or attributes of a weapon or armor. Once the game is completed, a new game plus mode is available called EX Game. It is different from the normal game in various aspects. The player has access to every item stored in the police station. The game begins with the final weapon and armor uh, the player chose before ending the first game, but returns to level one experience. The bonus points BP... Uh, given to the player at the end of the game are now available to use. The items, weapons, power-ups, and enemies are more powerful. As the enemies, uh, or sorry, as are the enemies the player encounters. However, the biggest difference between the normal game is the addition of the Chrysler Building, a brand new location with 77 floors containing mostly randomized content, leading to a final boss battle with Aya's older sister, Maya. All right. Um, we got a little plot overview here just to sort of set the stage. Um, uh, so kind of the early stage in the game. Um, the player takes the role of Aya Brea, an NYPD rookie, uh, attending an opera at Carnegie Hall with a blind date in uh, New York City on Christmas Eve. I don't know if that's really true because that, at least in the dialogue in the game, they said that um, this uh, person was pestering her to to go to the... Uh, opera. So anyway, <laughs> we'll say it's a blind date, I guess. Well, um, it was a date. It didn't. It didn't really matter because uh, he he didn't stick around. So, <laughs> oh yeah, not nah, didn't seem like it was his choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, during the opera, everyone in the building spontaneously combusts, uh, except for Aya. And I should say, her date uh, seemingly fled the building. I think is what his, his oh, story really? was. Yeah. That I don't think I he just actually. I just thought he was dead. Like no. Nah. Yeah, I think. Um, 
I think uh, her partner, uh, anyway, uh, her partner mentions that he ran out like a baby. Oh, um, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. Uh, except uh, for Aya, an actress on stage named Melissa uh, Pierce, which is kind of really an eerie scene um, because everyone's burning and this opera singer is just sort of standing there, just continuing to sing, and everyone is burned up and you're yeah. Just left there. Uh, Aya confronts Melissa on stage, and Melissa says that Aya's mitochondria need more time to develop. She flees backstage, giving Aya uh, chase. Aya with Aya giving chase. Excuse me. Backstage, Melissa then mutates into a beast and flees into the sewers, declaring that her name is now Eve. Uh, on the next day, on Christmas, uh, Aya and her partner Daniel Dallas. Uh, go to see a scientist at the Museum of Natural History named, um, excuse me, they go to see a scientist, I don't know if I said that, yep. at the Museum of Natural History named Dr. Hans Clamp. Uh, he teaches the protagonists about mitochondria, but they do not find his information useful since it does not explain the previous night's events. He's not very friendly, kind of throws them out. Yeah. Uh, uh, later that jerk. day, yeah, what a jerk. Later that day, they uh, hear Eve is in Central Park, and to make matters worse, an audience has gathered at the park's theater, intending to see the performance that Melissa Pierce uh, was to give. Aya enters Central Park alone as Daniel is unable to pass through the entrance without spontaneously combusting. So his arm catches fire. Which is yeah. <laughs> uh, but he still wants to go in because uh, he's going after his son. Exactly. Ben. Uh, <laughs> she makes it uh, to the theater, but it's too late to stop Eve, who causes the theater's audience mitochondria to re- rebel against their host and uh, turns the crowd into a slimy orange mass. Uh, Aya chases Eve and is uh, knocked unconscious after a fight with her aboard a horse-drawn carriage. Um, Daniel discovers that his son Ben was at the park, but had left the audience at Central Park Theater uh, when he began to feel ill and when his mother began to act strange. He also learns that the that Manhattan is being evacuated due to the threats that Eve poses. So I think that covers the first two days. Of, Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and the, the game has sort of like six days long, roughly. Yeah, it at least like in your first playthrough, it's five days, but that fifth day is pretty much as long as two days. And then you get into like the end sequence and it, it doesn't it doesn't technically go to like the sixth day, but but yeah, there's a whole new save spot. There's a whole new sequence and there's a lot going on. Yeah, and I I found actually day two to be really long uh, myself. Yeah, just it, it it was pretty long for me as well. Just because you're in the Central Park area and there was a lot of winding paths that you could explore, I I beelined it and it still took me a while to get through there. So um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I did a lot of wandering around um, unintentionally and intentionally. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because at least one thing that I was that I, I recall talking to you about early on before you started playing was like, hey, I'm going to give you a tip. Don't run around with a full inventory. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, the game, so the game does a good job of saying, 
oh, your inventory is full. You can't claim whatever this item is. But it never tells you what the item is. Yeah. So there was one thing that I kept coming back across, but I didn't have a clear spot in my inventory and I didn't think that I should make one because I guess I was playing this older game through the lens of a new game (laughs) where I'm like, surely if there was something important, it would tell me that I need the room in my inventory for whatever this item is. Nope, that's not the case in this game. Uh, There was a key that I needed to be able to continue to make progress in this area. And I ran around for like an hour and I came across that key apparently multiple times, but never (laughs) realized I should clear my inventory. So I ended up looking at a guide because I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And then it pointed out like, oh yeah, in this room where there's a phone and you can save, there's also a key here. I'm like, oh, that room that I've been to five or six times already (laughs) that I didn't realize that I should clear a spot in my inventory so I can get this key and I can move forward. Um, So I don't know. I feel like that's, that's more of a problem that I think that I have now than I would have when I played this game when it, when it first came out, when I rented it. Yeah. Probably didn't have that problem then because I don't know. It's like, Thinking back, it's like, well, yeah, that's kind of obvious. But, you know, looking at it from how we're so used to being treated by newer games, um, I feel like in a newer game, it just would give you the item and not penalize you. Or it would say, oh, here's the key. Like, oh, but you don't have any room in your inventory. Yeah. And that's the thing is your weapons, uh, items that you use and your keys are all share the same inventory space. So it's not like, you know, uh, some RPGs, um, you know, they, they have like a separate box for what they call you, like your key items, which, (laughs) which, you know, that doesn't fill up. Um, but I did notice in later parts of the game, um, the, the other thing is, okay, some of those keys you could actually carry around with you taking up a slot in your inventory for the rest of the game. Like the theater key. I I was making that mistake for a long time. Yeah. So I put those in my sort of permanent storage, but um, I wonder, but then I noticed kind of about halfway through the game, the game started saying, Hey, I don't need this anymore. So I'll get rid of it. (laughs) Yeah. Like whenever you came to like truly, well, wait a second. No, when you unlock a door, it stays unlocked. You yeah. don't need the key for that area anymore. Right. So yeah, that's a weird that is a weird thing. Cause yeah, I experienced the same thing. It's like, okay, you got a key. You use that key one time. I don't need this anymore. And then it disappears from your inventory, just like you said. Yeah. I'm like, well, why doesn't this happen with other things? You have to actually go out of your way to the police station to store the stuff that you're not gonna use again. Or at least you think you're not going to use again. Yeah. I I almost think maybe for some of these keys that open maybe multiple doors, um, like the theater key, I I wonder if in your new game plus you could reuse that key or something. I don't know. But if that's the case, like you, you still like specifically for the theater. Yeah. 
you start at the theater. You don't get to leave the theater to go to the police station to go then get the keys and then come back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yep. I agree. Unless you can somehow keep your inventory over. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Well, we both didn't complete the game, but I guess we're, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, so I've never heard of this game. Um, when you told me you wanted to play this game, I said, what game? So I've never. <laughs> I know it's got such a weird name. I might have seen the cover once before, but I never would have, you know, this is not something I would have played. I played my, my PlayStation game was for like, I'm sorry, my PlayStation was solely relegated to playing like NASCAR 97 or 98. I can't remember. Um, And test drive one and two and a lot of good racing games on the on the ps1 yeah it was basically just racing games i can't think of much any other games that i i played on it for some reason that was just what we were into um and i remember someone let us borrow resident evil 2 so resident evil and and speaking of which um the comparisons, like the way the game looks and the way the game like sort of controls to the overworld is basically identical to Resident Evil. I'm sure, I'm sure you can agree, right? Like with the yeah. fixed camera system. Well, it's it's funny because like when you when you first were like, yeah, it makes me think of Resident Evil. It like at first I was like, what is he talking about? And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, actually, yeah, this is this is like a Square Enix. Resident Evil and like with more RPG type elements, I guess. I don't know. It's been a long time since I played Resident Evil. Yeah. I mean, I like the combat a lot better because it doesn't like you're not aiming in the true sense of like, you know, you're not moving the gun with your controller, but you, you know, you're, you're selecting your target. And if they are in range, when you fire, you will hit them. And depending on how close you are, the damage yeah. sort of varies as well, depending on the weapon. Yeah, and you you can, you know, yeah, you also get, you know, critical hit chances as well. Yeah, and you can increase your range, which in, and um, I kind of learned how to tune my gun later in the game. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely, it, it's a lot like Resident Evil, but the combat seems really different. But man, I... I really liked sort of the battle system. I love the battle music that sort of kicks in. And as soon as I heard it the first time, I was like, oh, this game's got style. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this is really good. And um, because the game could have been very Resident Evil and very grim with how it played. But when the music kicks in, it kind of just like, it's almost like soothing, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. um, it, it The tone is like, no, you kill these monsters. Like you got this. Like, yeah. So no, I, I, was, I really dig the music too. So I was basically apprehensive to the game until the battle music kicked in. I'm like, okay, let's All do right. this. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounded, I don't know. It sounds like, it sounds like a track that could have been in like Gran Turismo or something like that. You know, it's like got some keyboard, like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, but it, not epic or, or, or scary or anything. It was just, it was really good. Um, but you said you rented this game. Yeah, so um, I, I was really excited for this game before it came out based off of stuff that I was reading about it in EGM and probably GamePro. Um, but yeah, I remember renting it from the video store by my cousin's house. 
um, because they had more PlayStation games than the video store by my house. Mm. Um, And I was also drawn to it because of playing Final Fantasy VII and knowing that this was made by the same people that made Final Fantasy VII. And like, I really wasn't into RPGs at the time. Like Final Final Fantasy VII is what kind of like got me into it at all. And it was primarily because I watched a friend of mine play a good chunk of Final Fantasy VII and then, you know, played played a bit because he let me borrow the game. Um, but yeah, I was really excited. I, I, found, I found the uh, EGM cover where this was featured and I linked it. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. No. Um, yeah, it's, it's somewhere further down in our, our list of stuff to discuss, I think. Um, but yeah, I was, I don't know. I, they, they had me hook, line and sinker. I just didn't end up buying the game. Um, since I really didn't buy RPGs. Like I, I think I rented resident evil and resident evil two and this game and Parappa, um, and a number of other, uh, PlayStation one games from this local store, um, right by my cousin's house. But yeah, it's, I don't know, like it, especially for its time to me looked incredible. I think that I I was going to say that the visuals are really impressive. Like when I fired it up, I was like, this was running on a PlayStation one. That's kind of amazing. Like, um, I mean, of course you still have like the dithering, you know, on, on, on certain things on, and sort of that uh, shimmer that you get on, on sort of textures in the game, especially in um, like when you're looking at the world map and you're looking at the buildings and stuff like yeah. it definitely, I'm like, but the time that they put into making, like you get these 360 views of the, you know, the, the uh, museum of natural history and uh sort of the other locations that you yeah. go to as Central well. Park. Central uh, Park. Where the opera house is or the theater. Um, yeah. The police station. Yeah. Like I was all, reminded all of different spots. Like playing driver, like driving around the city. Uh, like that's what I was thinking cool. of. Yeah. Another game that I played on the PlayStation. So. <laughs> oh, so. Uh, they, so they, they really set out to make a very cinematic style RPG yeah. And I think that that even pretty well holds up to today. Like, I mean, I, I say that visually with their storytelling, obviously, like they said, there's no voice acting or anything like that. So it's not cinematic in that regard. Um, but I, I really enjoyed some of the scenes where they, the, it, it was just like them in the car like going from point A to point B and having the conversation, but like the camera angle and uh-huh. just the reflections coming yeah. off the car. Cause the, the, the showing the movement, like yeah. obviously like you can poke holes in it today, but like it still is good. Like I oh, yeah. think it, like it really does hold up well uh, with, with what they were going for and the aesthetic that they were trying to get. Um, yeah, it's I I it's funny. I think it's kind of funny to say, but like I feel like I appreciate the and I'm saying this with air quotes, cinematography 
um, of this game. Like, I really feel like they, they set up a lot of scenes really well. Yeah. It, for some reason to me, you know, like, I don't, I don't remember these movies a lot, but it definitely feels like some of the movies that were coming out around the time, like Die Hard or, or, um, or Lethal Weapon or something, just kind of what they were doing with the cops and sort of the dialogue, but with this like crazy sort of, um, I want to say like Japanese style of, of storytelling. And I mean, and, and the monster you know that the Eve, it, the the character itself, is not something that would look out of place in a Final Fantasy, uh, for yeah. example. You know, it's just very like outrageous sort of costume that's you know both sexy but also whimsical and like yeah. all kinds of crazy fabric. It definitely you know looked like an anime sort of <laughs> costume, I would say. Um, yeah. And I really feel like what you were saying with like the, the crazy Japanese elements, but also kind of feels like that particular style of American action movie, like cop action movie. Yeah. I wonder how much of that came from working with a combined American and Japanese team from school. Oh. And like, and also the fact that they were focusing on Manhattan, um, as like the place where this all takes place, which also to go back to the, like the history thing, I think that's really interesting that they were, uh, considering setting Final Fantasy VII in New York City. Yep. Like, yeah, that's totally. crazy to me. Like, well, that's, and that's so cool. <laughs> and if you look at the art, you know, it's, it's kind of like someone went around taking pictures of yeah. New York City. And then they were like, they basically did it in the style of, you know, so yeah, I was thinking of Midgar, but instead yeah. of like this futuristic city, it was just, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, anyway, so it definitely, it, yeah, definitely. I, I think no doubt in my mind. I mean, that's, that's kind of, we're, we're looking at like, you know, the equivalent of a spaghetti Western, but yeah. you know, with, <laughs> but, uh, I don't, I, I don't know what, what a, um, it, it's a, it's a sushi action movie. How about that? There you yeah. go. <laughs> a sushi buddy cop flick yeah exactly or something yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah especially and then even your character you know seems like um she seems like a japanese rpg character but then you have daniel which is like <laughs> he's he, he it's funny he he's he almost fits the like Danny Glover in a uh, lethal weapon yep. type character, but not exactly. Yep. Definitely like a mixture of that character and other like stereotypical cop characters from that era um, or even like earlier era of American movies. It's, I just, I loved it because it's like every time I loved his character that every time someone's explaining something about mitochondria or just something crazy, um, he's always like, what, (laughs) what are you talking about? (laughs) Just completely confused. Like, uh, it's just so funny. It's like, are you saying words? Like, (laughs) um, but I, I did appreciate the story. I mean, I've, of course, I'm sure this comes from the novel, but the sort yeah. of mitochondria, because um, there, there's a little bit of science grounding because it, it's true. The mitochondria have their own sort of genetic structure that is different of our own. And they think that the cells actually captured 
the mitochondria from another type of cell at some point in our evolution. So I, I think that's kind of, but they kind of rant, we went crazy with it. Um, that somehow these yeah. cells were cognizant and evolved and end up taking over our bodies and turning us into sludge. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's so like gross what yeah. some of like some of the stuff that happens, like, like uh, in the plot section, when you were talking through and, and started talking through what happens in central park, like, yeah, everyone that's at this little auditorium, it's like their flesh and their organs all just melt into this goo. And then it all comes together as this giant amorphous blob that like then starts to like practically like fly through the air or something. Like it's, I, I don't know, like looking at it, it looks kind of silly because it's like FMV from 1998, but just like taking it a step further and actually thinking about that being a thing that happens, like, or, you know, if that was a thing that actually happened, it's like, that is so gross. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting that through a, a lot of the random encounters and enemies, they're all just sort of animals that have just sort of mutated and turned inside out kind of. Yeah. Like. Or there's even like in, in central park, what seems like a person with this giant hook arm thing. Yeah. Like that, that, that enemy killed me a bunch of times before I found the key finally and knew what the heck I was doing. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like a, a, an ape or a monkey or something. You know what? It, you know, it probably is that, that yeah. would actually, that would make more sense, but uh, it would also make sense that they're, you know, you know, a humanoid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, and when you see like some of the rats transform, I was immediately thinking oh, the rats are so gross from from Resident Evil, like those inside out people. Anyway, <laughs> well, yeah, like they're really a lot. A lot of the enemies in this give off a very Resident Evil vibe. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's definitely they were in the same studio. Maybe some of the same artists were <laughs> working on it. Um, Resident Evil's Capcom. Oh, you're right. But it doesn't mean that it's not some of the same people, because who knows? Yeah, you yeah, can move around. That's true. Um, so I found the upgrade system a little um, weird, just because you have these tools and these super tools for. Yeah, it was sort cool. of. Yeah, I don't feel like it was well explained, but you know that's also par for, <laughs> par for the course. You know, during this era, um, the the chess. I felt like I was playing Where's Where's Waldo because these chess like are slightly conspicuous looking yeah, and they're like deliberately hidden. And I'm not like outright yeah. criticizing cause it was fun, but it was just like, it was a little bit like they want you to spend time and look around like, yeah. So I, okay. So did at the, at the opera house, when you jump down the elevator shaft and you're in like the underground area, the room that you find the key, did you also find the secret room behind it? And um, which level is this again? I'm sorry. The very beginning. At the very opera. beginning. Um, did you find like a whole secret room behind another room? I don't think the so. The only reason I'm asking is because since you were talking about how like the whole Where's Waldo thing. Yeah. I, 
I ended up at a certain point when I couldn't find the key and I couldn't find what I was supposed to do. Cause I'm like, obviously I can't leave here Yeah, and I need to follow, but I can't follow cause the store is locked. I just was spamming the X button, like okay. running across the edge of every room. And then that's when I found like, Oh, Hey, that's, I found a key. Cause it's in this drawer where this drawer is not like one of the chests where it's sitting out on the ground or up on something. It's like, Oh, or maybe it wasn't the key, but I opened a drawer that I didn't know that I could open. Cause it didn't look like you could. Yeah. It's just part of the environment. It was just, and part of it. Yeah. I found a secret room because of spamming, pressing the, the action button and was like, oh, I don't know how I got through this thing, but now this this whole thing opened up and I can walk back in there and I found like another weapon or an upgrade or something back there. Okay. Uh, it doesn't sound familiar. Um, so you may have, you know, you may have found this where I didn't. Um, yeah, but that but that goes that goes to to show your point of like it's really not pointing out where everything is that you mm-hmm. can interact with, like even half the time. So you kind of, you kind of have to walk along edges of things and just kind of spam the action button if you want to try to find everything. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a little kind of shooting in the dark and, but uh, you know, it definitely rewards you for, for looking around. So yeah. Um, the save points were a little <sighs> reminiscent they, they- of, yeah. games at the time like i mean it, we didn't have ink ribbons luckily from yeah. from resident evil yeah <laughs> no but i there were a couple of times that i got tripped up and it's funny turns out it's because at least the times that i got the most frustrated well it's because i didn't explore well enough and see oh there was actually a save point right before that mini boss that yeah. I just like died to and lost 30 minutes of progress. Um, yeah. So, wh- so early on, I was just like, this game doesn't give you anywhere to save. This is ridiculous. I keep losing progress when it's like, uh, I just needed to be a little bit more careful and really check where it's like, because I didn't walk all the way into the corner of what looked like wasn't going to be anything. Oh, it turns out that that didn't look like it was going to be anything was a hallway. And then I found a door and, Oh, I could save at the phone on the other side of that door. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, yeah, I kind of like that, that phone system and they did a good job of placing one right before something was about to go down. So generally, yes, they, they did a good, they did a really good job of that. I, it was specifically the police station was where I like overlooked that one save point and lost a bunch of time. I see. Yeah. I, there, I, I since I was playing on an emulator, I uh, used save states and then um, I, I began passing up phones. I was like, Oh, I don't need that. And then, um, and then I died. And I didn't have a safe state. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I wish I just used that phone. So yeah. um, I was starting to do both. So yes. using safe states also in between the phones. Um, Good call. And emulators have kind of come a long way. Like on a lot of systems that the safe, the built-in safe system usually doesn't work at all. Um, but in on this emulator, it did. I don't know if it was just because it was an earlier system, but 
um, you know, normally save states are your only way of saving. So gotcha. I think that's, uh, that's cool. And to throw it out, um, I, I played it on the PlayStation Vita. Okay. It was my, uh, I was going to say preferred. I don't know if it was preferred. Yeah. <laughs> the way that I had, uh, you know, access to play it fairly easily. Yeah. And I, I was one of the reasons I didn't beat it um, because I, I was dragging my feet, picking it up a little bit. Cause I figured, Oh, this game's not that long and won't take me that long. But um, I didn't anticipate how long it was going to take for me to get it up and running. And uh, yeah. um, just because, you know, it is a multi-disc game. So multi-disc games have a specific way that you need to get them going on emulators. And then, I dug out my PSP and couldn't find the charger for it. So <laughs> I couldn't use the uh, PSP and my PS3 is just, uh, I need to thermal paste it. So that's not ready either. So hopefully I'll do that one day. Um, so I guess that's, that's all it. Do you have any? So, well, I thought it was really interesting using guns as a primary weapon in a JRPG. Yeah. This game was pretty trigger happy, if you will. Right. Like there was a lot yeah. of guns like, being thrown around. I don't even understand why it gives you a club, like yeah. a police club, because it just throws ammo at you. Yes. Like, I don't know how you could ever run out of ammo if you're actually looting things. Yeah, I think I had like 200 rounds when I stopped playing at the end of disc one. So Yeah, like at the final boss, I have like 400 and something rounds of ammunition right now. Um, And I'm using a grenade launcher. Um, But yeah, actually to your point, so you said that you were not able to finish the game. So I I did and I didn't. (laughs) And and here's what I mean by that. So I made it to the end boss. but despite my best efforts, I was not able to beat the boss. So like I pulled up to watch a video of the fight and I was like, wait a second, how is, how is this person doing literally more than double the amount of damage every hit when like I'm one level below this person. So I feel like there's still something that I didn't get quite right out of the upgrade system for like weapons. I either, either I didn't put bonus points into it when I should have um, or something, or maybe I just missed a bunch of the, the upgrades or I don't know. So anyway, when I ended up watching that, I was like, Oh, it looks like I would need to go back and grind like crazy to be able to do the same amount of damage output. Like I had, like I was in in my inventory, I was fully stocked up with medicine three, but mostly medicine four, which that does like 400 HP restore. Also the armor that I was using had the auto, like if you are going to die, it, it re-ups all of your health for you. Which is really helpful. Yeah. It's incredibly helpful. So I did everything I could to tank as much damage as possible. And I just could not get out of the range of, of Eve. Like she kept grab, like when she grabs you in the final battle and keeps attacking, like (laughs) just like she grabs you. And then I can't remember it's the tail or something. 
just keeps like smacking on you and does so much damage. So after a certain point, it's like five seconds would go by, she'd come back and be able to grab me again, burn through another two of my potions, five seconds later, grab me again, burn through another two of my potions. And it just, it just was frustrating. So I was like, okay, I'm at the final boss. I've gone through all of the game. I'm just going to watch the ending um, because I just want to see how the game ends. And I got to tell you, I'm really confused by the ending. (laughs) Yeah. And I I wonder too, because there, it said that there was another battle with um, uh, Aya's sister, uh, Maya. So I wonder if that's, well, that's, that's part of the new game plus. Okay. Was that the ending that you watched? No, I explicitly watched the ending for what I was playing. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I guess uh, maybe I won't talk about it. Maybe I won't talk about the ending that I watched. You can look it up online if you want to, you know, but you you were confused by it. And we talked about it before um, we started recording, but yeah, I don't know what it means. Um, (laughs) But I don't know. I guess you get a better ending possibly uh, doing the new game plus playthrough. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. Even even with even with all of which wasn't too many, all of the frustrations that I experienced, um, I definitely think this is a really fun game, and really really recommend if anyone is remotely curious about it, uh, check it out. It's a great yeah. RPG. And I, I found it pretty playable. Um, I, I just have to like, I wanted to call out just kind of enemies to discuss. There was just one point I was, I got very frustrated and it was in the police station and there is a hot spot where, um, which I really like that you didn't just get random encounters whenever you were walking around. There's just yeah. random encounters in certain areas, which I kind of figured out, but we kind of yes. confirmed in what we talked about yeah. um, here, but there's one where it's at a, you're at a T intersection of the hallway and there are three of these spiders that spawn and using safe states. Um, basically I just moved a little bit and then did a safe state. I had to, if I load up that safe state, probably one in five times, do I actually walk out of there alive? <laughs> because yeah. The spiders, if if more, if more than one aggro you and they get you in the corner, they just shoot this um, web that sort of slows you down in yep. place. And um, they can also shoot in a pattern that sort of stun locks you. Yep. So um, basically, I just had to like run away like a linebacker, just like weaving through these things. Um, so there, there are occasional little hiccups like that, which felt like, okay, I don't know if this yeah. was really well thought out. Those, but most, those were all the times I died and had to reload a save. <laughs> yeah. I also got really frustrated with the bats that make you uh, see darkness, I guess, and make it oh, yeah. basically and bring then, your range down to zero. <laughs> yes. So that it's a total gamble every time you go to shoot if yeah. it's going to hit or not. Yeah. It's going to hit miss more often than not. So that was also frustrating. So I have to like kind of wait for that status condition to wear off or use a cure for it. So, um, yeah, but overall I did find it really playable. 
Um, so if, if you're, yeah, if you are interested in games during this time on the PlayStation, I would also yeah. say it's worth checking out. One other thing to that I, that I give as an endorsement yeah. <laughs> that other people might disagree with is I really appreciate how linear the game is. Yeah. You are playing the story, the mainline story. That is it. Like, that's why, like, on my save file, I think I'm just shy of nine hours as I'm going into Fight the Boss. So it's like actual playtime. It'll be close to, say, nine and a half, ten hours if I were to have actually completed this and watched the cinematic at the end and all of that and then saved. So it is short for an RPG, but that's what I really like about it. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it, it feels very doable. Um, whereas, like, a lot of RPGs feel really daunting to me that it's like, like oh, yeah, that's like at least 70, 80, 100 hours. I'm like, yeah. whoa, I don't think I can, <laughs> I don't think I can take that on. Like that, that just sounds like way too much to sign up for. So this, this was perfect. Like right around 10 hours, um, get a good amount of story, get a good amount of gameplay, some cool cinematics for the, you know, PlayStation era uh, and some good music. Yeah. And I, I think I got to about five hours, but um, if you were to trim it down, because it sounds like your save might be a little longer than it needed to be. Um, it, just because. it probably is because of the amount of time that I wasn't using any sort of guide and just kind of running in circles. Yeah. You think like uh, seven and a half hours, maybe seven hours? I mean, if I were to go back into it now and beeline it, yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, it would have been even longer if I didn't use like any guide at all. The one that I used, I, I also shared with you. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like like it was fairly descriptive, but it wasn't like a guide to show you how to 100% anything. Yeah. It was just like, look, you want to get through the game? This is how you get through the game. Yeah. Like, no, if you go this way, you're skipping a ton of crap that's over here. So if you want to find other stuff, go over there. And I tried to do that um, as often as I felt like I had the time to. Yeah. But yeah, it was good stuff. All right. Do you have any, yeah, got any other thoughts? Not, not, uh, not really. Um, I think, uh, I think that that just about wraps it up. All right. Well, I I personally endorse Parasite Eve. I think it's a great game. Totally worth picking up. Um, whether it's the original copy or on PSN, like you can do now with play play the PS1 classic version on PSP, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation 3. Um, hopefully one day on the PlayStation 5 as well. You yeah. Know, we, can all, we can all dream. That would be Actually, cool. Hopefully it gets that Final Fantasy VII remake treatment. That would be sweet. Yeah. But that's it. Any any endorsements? Any 
Anything from you? I, I, I get a, I, I, I give it a um, hesitant recommendation because I think you need to be kind of in the style or you've got to kind of be into the style of this game. But like I said, if you're, if you're checking out games on the PS one, I think this one is worth checking out for sure. Yeah. I think so. it's, it's, it's a good representation of games of this era. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we should go back to the future. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. Well, let's get on in that time machine. All right. We have arrived back in the future. Um, or I guess it's now the past for you, listener. Because <laughs> uh, this is a recorded podcast we've not figured out how to record in the future and bring those episodes to the past um yeah anyway so we are back we're working on it yeah it is (laughs) is march 11th 2021 and now that we are back from our brief stay in 1998 with parasite eve what do we talk about the things we've been playing and uh yeah you you can kick us off you like sure um well i i played some more wreckfest uh i love that game still <laughs> enjoying it it's uh it's a really fun physics crashy racing game um i i'm going through the like if i almost have enough points for the it's not not the very first one, but it's the second racing series. I think it's like the amateur events mm. or something. Um, I don't know. I've already I've already raced on a couch. I've already done destruction derby with uh, a tractor. Um, it's <laughs> that's the stuff that I like about this game is that it's pretty ridiculous. Um, but the racing also just feels good, and the game looks good. Yeah. And uh, man, the music, <laughs> I love the music in the game because I, as someone who grew up listening to butt rock, like they've got some really good <laughs> butt rock in there. So I, uh, man, I, I just want, if I could just go back to play it, I would play it just so I could listen to the music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then real quick, just played some more rocket league. Um, I've been enjoying playing that some more. Um, I did not play any overwatch in this past two week period that I can recall. Um, and, uh, another very quick update on animal crossing. So because of that new Mario content, um, I now have officially been able to order all of the Mario content, um, which is great. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing a whole lot with it other than just making sure that I could get that stuff. I have a new, new villager on my Island, mm, um, nice. Apollo, he just showed up, um, and is Apollo a bear or an anteater? I can't remember. He is a bird. Okay. Then I don't know Apollo. He looks like <laughs> an eagle. Oh, okay. And he's a snooty villager. Oh. Which I was like, dang it, another one. But then I've been talking to him and I'm like, all right, you're actually not too bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then I know I mentioned it last time, uh, but Hyperdash for VR um, there are so many kids that play this game. I'm just surprised <laughs> at how many kids have VR. Yeah. Um, I, and I did, and I did say it, it was like, it's like, so 
it sounds like there's a lot of kids playing right now. I'm like, how do all you kids have this? They're like, have you ever heard of Christmas? <laughs> I'm like, that's fair. That's, I mean, I guess, but I'm like, dang, you got a VR headset for Christmas? Yeah. Wow. A PC to run it. Like, <laughs> no, well, a lot. They're, they're all using Oculus Quests. Okay. That was a big, this last Christmas, that was a huge, like, big ticket item. But still, yeah. you're, su- you're supposed to be like 12 plus. I don't know. I, I think I just don't know how old kids are by the sound of their voice anymore. Sure. I've gotten, I've gotten to where like, I just, I can't identify that since I don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. They could all be like 16. For some reason, I think they like sound like they're 10. Yeah. Um, anyway, got to say though, they're kicking my butt. Um, <laughs> I've still been having fun with Hyperdash. Um, I, it varies game to game if I do well or not, but yeah, a lot of these kids run like literally can run circles around me. Um, but it's fun. It's, it's definitely a, a cool team-based uh, VR shooter. Nice. Um, I've, I've been spending a lot of my time on Twitch, uh, mostly viewing content. I'm still trying to stick to a, a one stream a week sort of schedule. So that may happen tomorrow. That's what I'm going to probably try and do. Um, so, uh, as part of that, I've been watching a pretty cool streamer, uh, goes by the ox King. That's, um, a U X T H E A U X King. Uh, nice. KNG. So anyway, uh, he does this um, streams and uh, he plays Super Smash Brothers Brawl a lot. I'm sorry, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I don't know why I, I wrote down Brawl for some reason. I have no idea. Um, okay. Both times that you said Brawl and Ultimate, like my brain wanted to fill in melee. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing some Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, I'm pretty bad, but I actually... Uh, got my GameCube controller out and my nice. adapter, and I'm much better with a GameCube controller than the Pro controller for sure. I don't, I don't remember who do you mean? Uh, I I play a lot of Link. I play some Pikachu. I like playing as Rob. He's fun, but um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. That just reminds me, I like Game and Watch. Yeah, I'm I'm not bacon. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I I mostly get my butt kicked, but I am getting better just playing with. I mean, that's a good yeah. thing, right? You don't want to play with people necessarily that are worse than you because then no. you're not going to get any better. Um, so just like little things, like when you recover, like choosing what platform you want to land on can be really key because if you choose a, a higher platform that puts you, you know, you're vulnerable to attacks from below. So yeah, just learning little lessons like that. Um, but generally getting better. Um, but also I'm just going to loop this in here. Same streamer. Um, we did uh, played some Mario Kart on two occasions in this last week. And um, I won a lot of races, um, but we played some last night. And I won a couple, but then I started to lose like a few <laughs> times in a row, get some third and fourth, fourth places. Cause there was uh, four of us online and I was, I basically was like, okay, I need to stop playing this game <laughs> because it's, <laughs> it's just not turning out for me. Uh, so uh, probably going to be playing some more of that too um, in, in the near future. Nice. Um, let's see. I can throw some things out. I, I rolled credits on this next game. Uh, Creed, Rise to Glory. 
Um, it is a VR game that I played uh, via Steam VR, uh, and it's based on the, I guess, Rocky spinoff series that has spun up uh, for Creed, and it's a, it's a pretty fun game. Um, I, I recently kind of felt inspired by um, somebody that I watch on YouTube and Twitch periodically. Um, their name blanked on me for a second, but it's Charla Nazard. Um, she was recently talking about how when she was uh, she was in a motorbike accident, and she's been having a lot of well issues with recovery and has been kind of bummed that like she's not been able to do any of her workout routines when she was kind of talking about what some of it was while, you know, last year during COVID and whatnot. Um, she was talking about like a lot of VR fitness type stuff. And I was like, wait a second, I have VR. I have a boxing game. I wonder like how well this is rated like on VR fitness websites, which I didn't know were a thing until just recently. Um, <laughs> this game's actually rated really well for VR fitness in general. Um, so yeah, I started playing it some more cause I, I have played it before, but, um, not extensively. Whereas in the past two weeks, um, I've played it a number of times now. So I was able to get through the story mode. Um, and then just, uh, I don't think it was, it was probably two days ago now was the last time that I played it. Um, but yeah, just going through like the free play mode and doing, doing like ad hoc fights, um, it's been fun. It's been, some of it's been pretty difficult. Like I got my butt kicked by Ivan Drago and by uh, Clubber Lang, uh, who was Mr. T. Um, but yeah, it's it's been nice. Been really getting my heart rate up. I was sweating like crazy the other day. It felt felt nice. Like I haven't uh, haven't had a workout like that, that type of a cardio workout in quite some time. And getting that good, like, like the actual good feeling you get from when you're sore doing yeah. stuff. Um, so yeah, it was nice. Um, and then a little bit of uh, some Halo Master Chief collection um, with you and some other friends recently. That was, that was fun. We had a good time. Yeah. We've been playing almost late. weekly now, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, last week was like my first week, but uh, you've, you've gotten in past few weeks in a row um yeah i think so i think occasionally miss here or there but have, have been able to jump in it's been a nice nice group of people too um of well current and former co-workers yeah but also even the current ones with covid we never see them so it's like it doesn't feel like current co-workers. <laughs> yeah, definitely friends from another another life almost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I we were playing a lot of the uh action sack uh games um I think before you got online. So those were kind of crazy. It's so insane to me, like what they're building in Halo, like just the sort yeah. of custom games that are there. Um like one I was playing where you there's like it's called Avalanche and there's just endless golf balls, giant golf balls like falling down this mountain that you have to climb. And or it's it's just like it's not even a climb or like a mountain, really. It's just an inclined slope. Um, but yeah, it's and you have you're armed with a hammer so that you can like 
hit a golf ball out of the way, but it really only works for one. And when that happens, you sort of create this sort of chain reaction of golf balls flying everywhere that could, you know, work against you. So, um, it's, it's crazy. (laughs) Um, some of these games that we were playing. Um, yeah, I really like, I'm it's, it's not quite as crazy as those, but I really do love gun goose capture the flag. Uh-huh. Like that, that's, that was so much fun. The, the few times, like, I don't think we actually got to play it this last time, but the time previous or the one, maybe the one before that, Oh my God. It was so much fun. <laughs> so that was capture the flag using mongooses only, right? Is that using no? gun gooses only gun gooses. So what's it? What's oh, a gun? It's, it's a mongoose with a gun on it. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought all the mongooses and, had guns. Yeah. Okay. No. And you, you couldn't, Oh wait, do all the mongooses have guns? I don't think they do. I think okay. you're right. Yeah. Gun goose. Um, yeah. Where like you spawn into the game on a gun goose and yeah. everyone is on them and you can't get off of them. So yeah, that was, that's a, it's a fun mode. It, it's crazy. It's just, it, it was almost like, I mean, I don't play Roblox, but I had sort of that Roblox side kind of experience <laughs> that I had no idea what, you know, I was in for. So crazy. Um, I played some more Valheim also. So and uh, sorry if I'm stepping on your toes no, there. You're good. Um, yeah. You're good. Talk about Valheim. Uh, it's a little bit. I mean, we're we're just sort of exploring a little bit, and I don't play very much, so I'm way out of my bounds. So I'm just sort of uh, riding on the coattails of my friends. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I haven't been playing, is because the people that I started with, it was this way when I tried to play World of Warcraft with them forever ago. It's like. Hey, let's all start at the same exact time. I come back a day later and they've like not slept. (laughs) And they're like somehow like five days of progress into the game a day later. And I'm like, cool. Well, I guess I'm not catching up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, what's kind of cool is when I log in, they just sort of give me some gear, like, here, have my old gear, you know, like I don't need this stuff anymore. That's what what was happening to me also for a while. (laughs) So we're we're exploring, we're having a little bit of server issues and it it, like we we just had this, there was one, we got into a stormy weather and um, we were on a longboat which housed about, um, let's see, I think I'm going to say approximately eight players. I think they were on this boat. Oh, wow. And the, the boat <laughs> sort of was, was like locking up on the server. So the waves and stuff would still be go, like coming, but this boat is just floating in the air, <laughs> like frozen in time. And we're walking around on the boat, like, okay, like, <laughs> Now what? Um, so we haven't figured out exactly what it is. Um, I don't know. With how the game works, I've noticed that individual players don't lag. So I'm wondering if the game is making sure that we're all in sync. And if maybe one of us is lagging, then it stops all of us. I don't know. Because um, because lag would be really bad because uh, you don't last very long in the water in Valheim. So yeah. If, if you're on a boat and somehow you're walking around and you lag and you end up in the water, you're basically going to die. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, a death sentence. Yeah. So I, I think something might have been going on that way with lag. So we're still trying to figure it out. Um, I may not 
continue to play the game if in this state <laughs> because yeah. until, until it sort of gets figured out because it is uh we realized that we were navigating where we were navigating there was actually like land and trees to the left and right of us but we didn't see it it was just like open oh, and wow. then it wasn't until we got to where we wanted to and we were there for about five minutes that then the trees started loading in and i wonder we, if that was the server though yeah, we don't we don't know. We I mean cuz I I haven't experienced that when I've played with like six or seven people. Yeah, exactly. So we're like, trying to work on it. Um we're yeah. working with the uh server renter people to see if they can improve or um, okay. see what looks So it's helping. actually so you guys are going through a service. It's, it's a rented server, yeah. Got so it. so we'll see. Um it's a popular one, so I don't really understand what the issue is. So we're still yeah. working on it. Um you want to sure yeah i'll throw uh throw some more stuff in here so uh i recently received my copy of fantastic night dreams cotton reboot for the nintendo switch i love that title <laughs> um, yeah so cotton is a old shoot 'em up series of games um there's a couple on the sega saturn um i'm pretty sure there's an arcade version of it, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, anyway, this was a reboot of the game, or I just you know recently released for the Nintendo Switch. I think it might have also come out on PS4, possibly. Um, but it's really fun, and it's cute. It's like a cute-em-up. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you, like, if you like shooters, this one is a horizontal shooter. Um, there's a, I don't know, there's special features. It is, all of the menus are in Japanese. So uh, it is a little bit difficult for me to navigate and know exactly what I'm doing sometimes. Um, but it's fun. I recommend it. Um, and speaking of Final Fantasy VII, which that's a very late segue from earlier, um, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I'm a couple hours into it. And it's funny, the the reason that I started playing it, which I probably even said at the end of the last episode, like, oh, I'll get it and I'll probably not play it for a while. Um, well, because I enjoyed Parasite Eve so much, I wanted to play something else that was kind of similar. And I almost went back and played the original Final Fantasy VII, and then I thought, what am I doing? I have Final Fantasy VII Remake on the PS4 now. I should give that a shot because I hadn't even played the demo yet. And it's really good uh, to the surprise of probably nobody. It's very good. And um, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, I'm using the normal combat scheme or the normal difficulty. Um, I considered doing the classic one because they said it would be like more like the style of combat in Final Fantasy VII, like the original release. Um, but then I thought to myself... Now, what would Striddle Cakes do? <laughs> and then I realized he would tell me to play it on normal. So I did, and I am, and it's fun. It's great. Yeah, I was a little um, caught, um, a little worried myself just, just about the development of this game, just because it has been in development for so crazy long. <laughs> so I'm glad that it's good. I'm glad that they, you know, uh, decided to break it up so that they can kind of focus on quality and give the fans something to, yeah. 
uh, something to play with while they wait for the rest of this game. But um, yeah, it's probably going to be like a decade of this game rolling out content. Probably. Uh, which is a little crazy. And then when the PS6 comes out, they'll have like a complete edition of Final Fantasy VII. Um, yeah. Or or Final Fantasy VII 7 Remake Remastered. On PlayStation 7. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that again, that is one of the, the free PS Plus games. Um, so if anyone listening here has a PlayStation and you pay for Plus, then get it. Get it. It's great. Um, last thing that I played very quickly, uh, Tekken three, uh, since I was also in the mood for playing something on the PlayStation, um, technically I played this on my PS two via backwards compatibility. Um, and I was using the brook adapter so I could use my fight stick. Um, it's great. I love, I love Tekken three. Um, and though I technically watched this last time and I know that I didn't play this, because it's a documentary, uh, but insert coin. I would strongly recommend checking that out. It's a documentary about Bally Midway um, and Williams. So those are notable like arcade and pinball uh, machine companies. Um, it's kind of everything that they went from like the late eighties through the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, so there's like there's little featurettes on different games that they made, like Smash TV, Mortal Kombat. Um, one of my favorite things they talked about was NBA Jam. So it's it's very well done. It's very entertaining. If you know if you're at all into arcades, especially of that era, um, this is a incredibly iconic company. Um, you've definitely played some of their games if you know you've been to an arcade in that time period. So totally worth checking out. Um, yeah, that's all my stuff. I know you got, I know you got another thing here. Yeah. It's just a, a quick, a quick sort of plug. I've been yeah. playing um, Pikmin too. So if you enjoyed our episode on Pikmin, um, I'm playing it on stream on Twitch, um, which you can find at our, our website at uh, richergametimemachine.com. It may uh, need a WWW still. <laughs> possibly. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what happened. Sometimes some browsers it doesn't care, some browsers it does for me. I, see. I don't know. Well, uh yeah, so don't uh you know, uh give it another shot with a www if it's not working well for you. <laughs> or even just Google search retro game time machine, we actually come up as the top thing. I don't know when that happened, but I'm glad. Oh, that this is super cool. Okay, cool. Um yeah, maybe I'll just tell we should tell people just to to Google searches. So, <laughs> or go into your AOL, whatever, never mind. <laughs> Do an AOL keyword search for retro game time machine. <laughs> no, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, that won't. Um, so, uh, yeah, been playing Pikmin 2. Have, I have a lot of fun with it. So, um, I'm going to try and do that on a weekly basis. So, look out for that just because I'm having so much fun with it. I want to keep playing it. So, um, it, it does look really cool and and simultaneously very similar and different to the original Pikmin. Yeah, definitely true to the original. Um, I love all the product placement that's sort of in the game, <laughs> like with just and it's not like advertising product placement, but I feel like no, it's like here's shoe polish. Kiwi yeah, shoe polish. Or I I definitely saw a, a container of Carmex uh, 
like lip balm. Oh yeah. And uh some bottle caps from Squirt and Seven Up. Um, hey, make Seven Up yours. Yep. <laughs> and uh all all these little things. And it's just been it's been kind of fun. Um and uh, they, you know, they totally do the thing where they, uh, you know, you have aliens trying to decipher what these human everyday objects are for us. So that's, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like the, um, uh, the, the globe is a spherical ac- uh, atlas is what they call it. Or um, the seven up uh, bottle cap is a quench token. <laughs> yeah. So just kind of, um Oh God! What was the the um, there was one that was a, it looks like a D pad to a Game and Watch or really? uh, or a Famicom. I couldn't actually tell because I'm not familiar with that D pad on what it looks like, but it was called something like the Stone of Destiny, which is <laughs> kind of amazing. <laughs> so that's cool. So um, that's kind of all I've got for what I've been playing. Um, yeah. Why don't you Why don't you tell the folks at home what we'll be playing next? So we got a next episode and I was a little torn on this one, but it, this is one that I've uh, been wanting to play for a little while. And that is a day of the tentacle from LucasArts uh, uh, for the PC. So we're going to be playing day of the tentacle remastered. And um, because that's probably the only feasible way to play it in 2021. Yep. Um, <laughs> so uh I might own it on the PlayStation 4. If I do, I might play that version just uh, for, you know, it seems like a good couch game, but um, I might, you know, uh, control wise, maybe I think the point and click might be, uh, might be more true to be on the PC. I definitely own it on PC. So um, yeah. Yeah, So uh, I'll I'll be picking it up on steam. Are you uh, excited to play a point and click adventure? Yeah, it's been a long time, and it'll be the first time that I ever try to seriously get through one and not just, like, kill some time and not know what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's a it's a pretty short game, so I know if we get stuck, you know, we could use a guide, but I, I don't know how difficult the puzzles are going to be, or if maybe there's a hint system. All will be told next yeah, time. we'll see. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Cool. Well, is that all you got? I think it's all I got. That's all I got. I think got. this may be the longest running show we've ever done. <laughs> um, Oops. <laughs> it's all right. We we spent a good amount of time talking about Parasite Eve um, and, well, the news. And, well, all of this. A good amount of time talking about everything. All right. If you've well, made it this far, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, hey, thanks for listening to the show. We know there are a lot of podcast options out there, and we really take we really appreciate you taking the time to put our words into your ears. It really does mean a lot. Uh, you can also check out our website, as we mentioned before, at retrogametimemachine.com. Uh, might need that www, or hey, just do an internet search for it. Type in those words separately, all smashed together, whatever you want. It'll come up. Um, you can also subscribe or follow cause I don't know, sometimes people think subscribe means you have to give money, uh, but you can follow this podcast, which following is free. Well, so subscribing, um, but you could do that on anchor, Spotify, overcast, breaker, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, radio public, um, and some others. 
that I think I even linked to on the website because I did a big redesign of the format and all of the, anyway, hopefully it looks better on devices and lays out nice. Um, let me know. Uh, come join us next time where we're going to be talking about Day of the Tentacle. Goodbye for now. See ya.